sweet and sweet and sour <laughs> sweet and shine shine and freuden shine, shine and freuden is that what that means it fits absolutely i'm i'm very yeah, certain split sweet and uh liking the pain of another person's misery <laughs> i mean that, that's us it's pretty much how that works Welcome to Footy Fellows. Welcome to Footy Fellows, coming at you from Chicago and Minnesota. We're going to be talking soccer, going to be talking life, playing games, playing mind games. We got a little something for you. This episode is brought to you by BAPSAP DAPWAP. If you haven't yet, throw us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at FootyFellasPod and also subscribe to our YouTube channel at FootyFellasPod. If you're feeling kind of crazy, you can check us out on TikTok at FootyFellasPod. We're trying to get that ramped up, so you have to be feeling kind of crazy, like I said, to check us out there. But with that, we're going to jump into today's episode. And what I want to know, I see, is what's on your mind? What are, what are you been thinking about? You know, it's been golf. I know this is a soccer podcast, and Fofs, hear me out. It's been golf. It was the Masters tournament this weekend, and it was fun. Now, I know that a lot of you listening may not care about golf. You might think it's boring, but let me tell you, if you're in high school or college even, trust me, when you have graduated from both, when you're post-grad from college, you will start to appreciate the game of golf. It really is just something that it's another competitive sport you and your you and your friends can add to your toolbox and just get out there and, and have some fun. So why am I talking about golf masters tournament? It's been on my mind, been watching way too much. It just wrapped up a couple hours ago. Dustin Johnson has won his first ever masters. So that's exciting for him. Good for him. It was fun, you know, out there watching Tiger Woods who kind of collapsed today, but overall it's always fun to see him play, uh, hit some, hit some nice shots. They all make it look easy. I'm not a good golfer. I'm actually horrible at golf, but I do appreciate it now. I'm a growing appreciation for me. So, uh, yeah, wanted to wanted to let the Fofs know what I've been up to. And Eli and Max, how do you guys feel about golf? Oh, we're absolute pros. We're golf. We're literal golf pros employed at employed at local golf pro shops. Mm-hmm. They're kind of like Bass Pro Shops, yep. but for golf. Can you name 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 your what's your favorite club? Favorite club, seven yep. iron. Seven iron, nice, dude. I, I see you as a seven iron guy. Yeah. Yeah. If not a putter guy. Right. Well, if you can get there. <laughs> Golf jokes. I'm more of a wedge guy, if you ask. Were you going to ask? Yeah. Okay. No, you don't have to. Are you, a wedge, I don't are you wanna, a wedge guy? I'm a bit of a wedge guy. Yeah. You can call me a wedge guy. Wedgy guy. Uh, Back in fourth grade. Well, let's, watch coming. It. let's watch it, guys. Um, this our, is a, Our hardcore listeners will remember Icy's hole-in-one intro a couple of episodes ago. Mm-hmm. So you know Icy's not making this up. He is a real golf fan. Are yep. you still are you still riding that high? Is that still in your mind, Icy, when you hit that that hole-in-one action? For the record, was not a hole-in-one. I wish I'm yet, I've yet to hit a hole-in-one in my life. Um, on, it's a hole-in-one. On official a course. It was, uh, it was just a nice chip shot kind of in the rough uh, next to the green. But you should, still you for, me, for me, it was like winning the Masters. Let me tell you, that shot was like winning it myself. I was Dustin Johnson on that day. So, uh, yes, not good at golf. Don't say I am. I've never said I was. 
Um, but it's been a golf weekend. It's been fun. It's uh, the international break. So there is a lull uh, in my mind when it comes to soccer. Obviously, the domestic leagues are not playing at the moment. And uh, yeah, so that being said, golf has filled in the void in my heart. You brought up a good point about golf representing a, a life phase more than anything of you finish high school, you finish college, all of a sudden you're a golf fan. I'm wondering what you think about that, Jones, and whether you think the international break falls in the same category. Is that fair to say you go from being a domestic soccer fan, all of a sudden you've graduated college, and now you're a little more refined and you can enjoy the international break in the same way you can finally enjoy golf? Interesting couple questions there. I'll, I'll tackle that first one. Um, you know, there are outliers who exist, right? There are friends of ours who are avid golfers and have played through, um, through high school, you know, through middle school, just their entire lives. Um, and they're, they're objectively a little different, just built a little different, right? And there's being built different than there's, you know, they were, they're built a little different. Right. And, uh, and so that's, <laughs> That's 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 a that's that's a that's a crew. Um, I, I do think golf becomes a thing that you grow to appreciate when you graduate, and your weekends are a little more open. But you're also a little more tired sometimes on weekends, and you need something leisurely to put on and just kind of tune out. Golf is the most peaceful um, background noise that you can have, just floating in, in front of your face. The other thing, the other question was, do you appreciate international soccer a little bit more? Also, once you've you've graduated. That, was that the same same sentiment? Yeah, more yeah. or less. Um, uh, I think so, somewhat. I think I think the the import of the international games versus the domestic games, uh, regardless of age, always comes down to well, what is the significance of the international games? Uh, I think when you are younger, the international games were back in the day more important. It was it was it was. Uh, I think you need to look at like fun, look at coaches, for example. And again, I could go on forever, guys. So please cut me off. But coaches uh, used to be coveted to be a coach of a national team. They used to have the biggest coaches doing that. Now, if you look at all the coaches for national teams, they're guys who might be in the mix, but there's no chance Pep Guardiola is coaching for Portugal or Spain or Klopp or any of the big, big names, right? Um, because there's not as much money and you don't get as much control of your team. There's a lot of other things, neither here nor there. But, and here's my full transition, guys, bringing us full circle, the recent flip into nation leagues has kind of uh, diluted all of these friendly games. And these friendly games are not as interesting. But suddenly now, when you have games that are always on the line and mean something, the international break becomes a little more interesting. Suddenly, these games are a little more important. Suddenly, you care about international breaks. Yeah, I guess my two cents is that uh, international breaks, for me, are still a, a Debbie Downer because I like the momentum of domestic leagues. And I don't like this this break into, I mean, arguably non-competitive soccer. Um, I think it's still to be known how much players care about winning Nations League. So um, obviously I think players are going to care about uh, World Cup qualifying matches. Uh, of course, that's the, the grand trophy of it all. But international friendlies, they're a waste of time, in my opinion. <laughs> I mean, we'll talk more about it. In our main segment, but overall, International Week uh, is not exciting for for me personally. U.S. got into some action outside of international football. Obviously, still going a, a lot going on in the football world. Icy's going to take us through a little last week today. 
before we thank our sponsor and get back into some international footy chat, if that's got your interest peaked. So take, take it away, I see, and we'll let Tony cue you in with the music. Hit it, Tony. All right, let's start with the WSL. It, we've got Manchester Derby this weekend. Uh, it was United, Manchester United versus Manchester City, of course. Uh, City went into halftime with a 2-0 lead, but United stormed back with a goal from who other than Tobin Heath followed up with a 74th minute Kirsty Hansen equalizer in the game finished 2-2. I would say fans of both teams uh, would, would walk away satisfied with that, seeing, seeing each side get a couple in and, and fight till the end. So uh, good, good result overall. You also had Arsenal and Chelsea dueling it out earlier this morning. And actually, all action on the score sheet came in the in the final five minutes. So Arsenal struck first in the 86th, and then in the 90th minute, the soccer player nightmare, an own goal from an Arsenal defender to seal the game at one to one. So looks like when the heavyweights are, are coming together, there's not much separating them. A couple ties. Moving on to the MLS, as all you fofs know, MLS Cup playoffs begin Friday, November 20th with New England versus Montreal as that first playing game, followed by Nashville versus Inter-Miami. So wrap up the evening. In the NWSL, uh, in the 2020 NWSL expansion draft, racing Louisville FC added 14 players to their inaugural roster, including forwards Tobin Heath and Kristen Press. Louisville was permitted to select up to two players or one U.S. allotted player from each NWSL team and a total of two U.S. Alaga players in total from all teams. So we wish Louisville the best in their uh, upcoming season. We know inaugural teams oftentimes face a challenge, but if we just look to the NHL and the Las Vegas Golden Knights, they make it to the Stanley Cup final in their very first season in the NHL. So we hope and wish Louisville the best even as successful as the Las Vegas Golden Knights. So good luck to them. Their team certainly is, is looking very strong. Next, we have the U.S. national teams. So the U.S. women's team will be playing the Netherlands at the end of the month on November 27th. Something to look forward to. And the men's team played Wales this past Thursday and tied 0-0. The team was extremely young and notably Gio Reyna at the age of 17 started for the men's national team. I personally watched 10 minutes of this game and was really impressed by Weston McKenney. Haven't seen too much of him on the pitch personally. Uh, looked great. I think the general composure on the ball from the team I found to be a breath of fresh air as I've always thought the men's national team a bit robotic and simple in their play. So uh, it's looking like we're in the moving in the right direction. The men's team play Panama tomorrow. And finally, to wrap it up, We've got Nations League. So as discussed in a previous episode, the top teams from the four groups in League A will go to the playoffs to determine the champion of Nations League. So let's focus there. Italy leads Group 1 by a single point over Netherlands. And then later this week, they go on to play the worst team in the group um, this Wednesday. And if they win, they'll be in the playoffs. Belgium currently lead Group 2 over Denmark by two points, and both teams play each other as their final game uh, this midweek, uh, which could turn out to be a thriller. France leads Group 3 by three points over Portugal, 
France beat Portugal 1-0 yesterday, and then they play Sweden this week as their final match. So if they win, they're in. Last but not least, Germany lead Group 4 over Spain by one point, and they both play each other on Tuesday. This may be the game of the week. Uh, so tune in Tuesday, Germany versus Spain to determine who goes to the Nations League playoffs. And that's last week today. Great roundup, I see. Hit every, hit all the different leagues all over. To all the way back to your your first note, Tobin Heath's goal in that Man U Man City WSL game was a, a screamer from the top of the box, capitalizing on a Man City mistake. I watched that goal a couple times over on the the highlights there. Racing Louisville also pretty exciting new team in the NWSL. We've talked about expansion. We chatted about it with Mike Watts and. Uh, the women's soccer show gals when they they came on our pod nicely and it seems like a exciting expansion for the league seems like a lot of excitement around racing Louisville is that what your sense you're getting as well I see yeah definitely and lastly check out our MLS uh, picks and predictions our power rankings on Instagram that we put together for the MLS playoffs watching a bit throughout the season doing some more research getting excited for the playoffs ourselves some good graphics strengths weaknesses footy fellas pod on instagram definitely check them out gonna head to our first sponsor and after that we'll be back with a little more international break chit chat chitter chatter be right back weather is starting to turn we all feel it but what can you do about it next time it rains you're gonna want to put on your rain cap your wrap introducing the first musical hat to combine protection from the elements and perfection of the inner ear. With original harmonies that will blow your mind, you walk down the street with your metaphorical boombox and cap, your bap, nestled comfortably atop your head. It's like a speaker and cap, a sap, sucked into one. A DJ booth and cap, a dap, drawn from the depths. A walkman and a cap, a wap, Wall win one. Our first and only musical hat, the rap from Bap Sap Dap Wap. Get yours today. Uh, question, really quick question. Um, a lot of sorry, a lot of questions. Um, batteries. No never, ba- never heard of them. Okay, cool. Um, um, j- like cat, like uh. Skull cap or, or baseball cap? They have a couple of different styles. Oh, I see. They're all just very rain po- rainproof and musical is the key. Got it. Uh, in, and the sound is internal. So is there plug? do you plug into your ear? Is there something that plugs into your ear? It yes, connected like to the cap. You can get both styles. You oh, can I get see. plugs into the inner okay. ear, and you can get transmitted through skull brainwaves from the cap. Skull brainwaves? Yeah. So their brainwaves. So the way the way you said that is the skull emanates brainwaves. There are brainwaves, or is it, it you're just saying brain the waves go through the brain? No, no, no. As far as I understand, it's a collab with Skull Candy, and they're oh, using your yeah. brainwaves to transmit the sound. Got it. Okay. Skull brainwaves. That, yeah. That's and that's patented. I'm gonna say it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um. Third question. Um. Do you hook this up to your Spotify? Like, uh, how, what music is is the music produced from the rain hitting that? Like, uh, what is the the energy source? Yes. Yeah, you can probably Bluetooth it or just um, like connect directly into your spinal cord or something. I don't know. I'm pretty sure they have it figured out. Like a spinal tap. Yeah. 
Okay. Like Spinal Tap. Okay. I don't know. I see. I feel I'm taking Icy Silence as he's probably looking them up online, ready to order. Yeah. No, absolutely. I just did a quick search because I need to get my family something. And my God, at only $999.99, that seems like a steal. The fact that it's taking all of the, you know, you have umbrellas around the house, right. you have music things around the house. Think about how much you've spent on that. Probably right. a lot more. Right. Thousands. Thousands. Uh, yeah. Do you, how often do you guys lose your, it's okay, right? Like I'm just, I know you guys are nodding. How often do you lose an umbrella and immediately buy three and then lose those three pretty quickly and have to buy another three just to replace them? Right. And absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Always, always. Right. And you know, us three, we can't, we're not buying, you know, Walgreens umbrellas. All three of us have to buy designer umbrellas. If we're not rocking Gucci Mm -hmm. or you know, Louis, Dolce Louis Gabbana right. umbrellas, yep. then why even go in the rain? No. And, so and, it's yep, thousands. Yep. Oh, just too much money sunk uh, into these. Uh, and honestly, they're not exciting. That's probably why I lose them. And probably why you guys lose them too. Uh, because if you if you lose an umbrella, you're not thinking, oh, I've also lost my source of um, Hans Zimmer music for my walks. Um, instead... Um, I've just lost an umbrella piece of fabric. Big difference. Big difference. Let's jump into some international footy. We, we piqued your interest already. If you've stayed this far and we've been following along, we've been watching a little bit of games here and there. We've been thinking about what's the significance of the international break Jones and, and I see already touched on a bit, what it means to the players, the teams, the coaches, what's something else we've seen so far, I see how have it how has it kind of played out as you were you were digging into some games and possibly injuries and and how's it played out this year the international breaks? Yeah, I'll let I'll let Jones talk a lot talk a little bit about injuries um, that are they're piling up for teams and and players on which is unfortunate, uh, but you know international break to me doesn't make a lot of sense. I guess when I was younger, I thought okay, players need to you know, national teams, it's a cool thing, World Cup, and they should get some time to play with each other. But as as I've grown up and looked at it more and more, it's 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 really like why yeah, I asked my question I asked myself why? Why do they need to do this? They're already playing super high levels uh, in their respective clubs. Um, and it really so really what it comes down to the big cons that that I'm seeing are you end up with the fixture pile up for domestic leagues, pretty much meaning that right Coming up, there's just going to be games back to back to back to back for players, uh, which increases the risk of injury. And not to mention injuries happening during international break, which Jones will talk more about. Low quality soccer. You could argue that international breaks players aren't uh, perhaps not as motivated as they may be winning a domestic league, especially for friendlies. I mean, if, if it's really just comes down to bragging rights. It's tough to tough to really get motivated, I would imagine. And last but not least, it really disrupts the rhythm for these domestic clubs. Now, you could you could argue about that both ways. You got if you're a super hot team, let's see, Aston Villa has been hot in the Premier League, um, Leicester City. You know, perhaps you got those guys who go away on international break, and maybe that mojo gets lost. Um, uh, perhaps not. Perhaps they come back and they keep keep playing at that super high level. Now, I think if you have a team that's not doing so hot, perhaps Sheffield United or Burnley, you take this international break. Per, you could argue that maybe a lot of those players aren't going to international duty, just like different 
different level, different levels of uh, players. But, you know, perhaps that's a great thing. This is a great thing for them. They can kind of regroup, take this extra week, get some more practice in, get healthy, uh, and then come back and, and really get some wins under their belt. They're winless right now in the Premier League, both teams. So you could argue both ways for it being good and bad as far as the rhythm for teams. But overall, I don't understand why. Jones, please tell us uh, injuries related to international break because it's a lot and it's not good. Yeah, I feel like the biggest uh, the biggest story that's kind of bubbling around um, in the media these days is the uptick in injuries that we've been seeing across, um, I mean, definitely across domestic leagues. Uh, you don't have to look much further than um, IC's team Liverpool, right? Where um, they are suffering blows, uh, mainly in the back line, but pretty much throughout the the entire spine of the team. With all of these injuries, you begin to question the fixtures and whether or not FIFA is um, potentially overloading these players or to your point, fixture pileup, having too many. Um, and as such, you've seen people dropping um, like flies and, and not only in league play, right, but internationally, more importantly. Um, and that's players getting injured in non-collision based um, practices uh, or, or very early on in games, muscle strains. You look at Gomez, Joe Gomez, who was injured in training for the England squad. Nathan Ake injured very early on in the Netherlands game. And Pulisic, you know, wasn't injured technically while on international duty. He was injured during warmups for a, for a game, a domestic league game, but missed, uh, you know, international duty. Nonetheless, tons of injuries are happening. Um, and if anything, there's, it's been calculated that there have been 103 muscle-specific injuries this season already. Okay, and I think the thing to note here is muscle injuries are usually due to fatigue versus bone breaks um, or other damages that may have come from collisions. It's a good call. Um, and those 103 muscle injuries represent a 16% rise versus the same time last year, which obviously I think we would all look to COVID and say that that messing around with our schedules is made a little tougher. But more importantly, and the point of this whole conversation is international friendlies are obviously not helping with um, allowing players the proper break and muscle rest that they need to ensure that they aren't getting hurt. And if players get hurt, then we also lose um, quality competition. The other piece that's also in the mix with international breaks that I think we should also acknowledge is the implication of COVID and how players, when traveling, are inherently more likely to contract COVID. And when they um, inevitably do get it, Domestic leagues are doing their best to ensure that no other players are infected. So if a player is qualified as being COVID positive, they are automatically out for two weeks. And in that two weeks, a lot can happen. There can be a lot of domestic league games, a lot of um, domestic trophies, if not Champions League games that notable players are missing. And and sometimes it's um, comedic. You look at Ronaldo, who had to miss a few games, missed his big clash with Messi in the Champions League because he was COVID positive. You look at Salah who recently just came back as positive from his travels with the Egyptian national team and now will miss inevitably a game for Liverpool. You mean comedic as in tragic comedic, kind of like ridiculous or? Yes, ridiculous. Comedic as in we can't believe that this is actually happening. Fair, these are fair. these are no brainers. Um, yes, nothing, nothing comedic about COVID whatsoever. Um, uh, and well, I guess you, you guys tell me if this is comedic or not um, or just gross incompetence uh, and if this is just sad. Um, but, um, 
Vita, a center back, plays for Croatia recently. You guys heard the story? You guys never heard this? Okay, let me tell you the story. Vita recently subbed on at halftime, or excuse me, was playing in a game, uh, in the Nations League game recently, um, this, this weekend, was subbed off at halftime after his test results came back positive mid-game. What a concept, guys. Mid-game. It tells yeah, that- you how how little how little control we really have over COVID exposure. And when you suddenly start mixing people from different nations into these games, you know, who's getting exposed? When are they being exposed? And what what domestic league games are they impacting? It feels like and I and here's my net point. I'm curious your guys take. It feels like at the moment, under these extreme circumstances, international breaks are actually be hurting more than they're actually helping. I rest my case. 100% agree. That instance, though, with Vita is, I blame the results coming back mid-game. One, when did he get tested? I would imagine before the game even started, the whistle blew. So the fact that they let the game start before all results were back is a red flag. That should never happen. That's ridiculous. Now I, I for safety reasons, if I were in charge of this, would make all... 22 players might be a bit excessive, but 22 of those players on the field, uh, they were in contact with this Vita, perhaps. So they they would have to be on a quarantine. COVID, it's difficult. MLB had the same issue. Justin Turner in a World Series game literally got pulled in the seventh inning of the deciding World Series game because his test came back positive. That's seven innings into the nine-inning game. Same deal. It's just a tough, a tricky disease to deal with when these sports are trying to especially world series a little different than international friendlies but either way if you're saying safety comes first then agreed with both of you you need the test definitively back before the beginning of the game otherwise the player shouldn't be able to play it does feel like international break and the way we're talking about it i don't want to lose the bigger picture of for players playing for their country whether it's friendlies where you could argue some players that wouldn't get a chance in a World Cup match or on a Euro squad roster, some players that that might not get that opportunity are still able to now play for their country in some of these friendlies, which might be huge. You know, it's their dream to play for their country and it means so much to them or they get to play with certain country men they grew grew up playing playing with and the U under whatever teams. And, you know, there's still something to be said. Maybe it's shifting in the way our world is shifting of just popular culture and it's all about the image and you're playing for your club man city you got a lot of followers on instagram it's not as rooted in this historical sense of soccer and you're from an area and you play for that area but it's still there at least a little bit today and i think right now the international breaks seem ridiculous in 2020 because of covid specifically overall international breaks and friendlies are good opportunities for certain players to have breakout breakout on the world stage I should say. And for some, it might be even more personal playing for their country is a dream they've always had or a benchmark in their career. So I don't want to lose sight of that as well. Totally. Totally. Um, you know, and, and if there, you know, weren't a breakout at the moment to your point, uh, of a disease, then we would be a little more encouraging of breakout plays. Um, it's true. Ultimately, the the other thing that just you know FIFA is balancing on their end. Let's 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 give uh, Big Brother a chance here, uh, devil's advocate, if you will. They still need to move forward with Euro qualifiers. They need to move forward with World Cup qualifiers. They needed to progress, progress. They need to move forward 
uh, with a lot of the forthcoming tournaments that are going to be coming down the pipeline. And, and if we had to forego all of those games, um, you know, how are those tournaments ever supposed to materialize? Does it make sense that perhaps you would have a tournament, you know, that they could have had for qualifying um, and then made a bubble for it and had it over the summer in place of X, Y, or Z. Um, so I'm curious what all those other alternatives are. I think it's important that domestic league players do get a break at some point, but realistically for a premier league, for example, a majority of those players are so good that they're also playing international. So there's no real break. They're still getting crushed. Yeah. Emotionally, physically. <laughs> right. I mean, to be devil's devil's advocate, it, I just think <laughs> there had to be more either creativity or coordination between FIFA, UEFA, domestic leagues, because it's too much. I mean, I know what you said, Jones, they have to get these things in, but they don't. <laughs> I mean, in the grand scheme of it, they don't have to do any of this stuff. Um, and I think, you know, perhaps instead of playing 38 games for the Premier League or these other domestic leagues, you come up with a number that's less. 38 is a lot of games. And if you want these, if you want all these players to play their best soccer for these other leagues that are, you know, in the eyes of UEFA and FIFA, very important. Right. As you said, they could have done a tournament. They could have been creative with it, coordinated with domestic leagues to reduce season play. Um, you know, it it's just a lot for the players. Now, I kind of feel for the players going through it all. Let's give one shout out to players that are overjoyed at the moment one specific team in scotland with a pretty historic achievement jones you want to touch on that for a a second yes uh growing up in scotland myself uh, as a young lad a wee lad as we like to say there that's why i asked you um and specifically growing up there during a semester abroad um my junior year of college um I have, I have, they have a special place in my heart and the scottish team um, fun fact, uh, hadn't been to a major tournament or hadn't qualified for a major tournament in, um, roughly 18 to 20 years, I believe. And, uh, this, this past week, uh, they had their final qualifying game where they needed to beat in a, in a, in a, I suppose, uh, you know, play to the death match with, uh, Serbia, I believe, right? Serbia. Uh, went to PKs, pulled it out, um, and a lot of emotions coming from that Scottish team um, as they are now finally qualified um, and looking to hopefully progress um, through the next round of the Euros. And the Scottish team is looking at what is what a quasi-golden uh, generation for them with the, the likes of Andy Robertson, uh, Tierney, um, McTominay, obviously McTominay, um, and McGinn. They've got a they've got a deep squad. They've got a strong squad, and I think in Group D, where they'll be matching up against Croatia, Czech Republic, England, and Scotland. Nope, nope. Chances are looking small there. Actually, Croatia could be good, but Scotland, come on, the Scots. That's not. I don't know. I'm, I'm sorry. Happy for him. Happy for him. A lot, a lot of international action still to play out, for better or for worse, as we just discussed. And we'll see what happens there and in the forthcoming tournaments in 2021 and beyond with the World Cup in 2022. Obviously, we didn't get into the uh, international women's game as much because there's a lot of controversy surrounding the men's game. But there have been a lot of international friendlies and other competitions played on that side as well. So 
check out more online and we'll try to bring you some of that information as well moving forward. Going to head into our last segment, critically acclaimed, over, under. I think we're sticking on theme with that discussion, aren't we, Jones? Absolutely. We're going to be following winter COVID edition. Yes, guys, winter COVID edition round two. I believe we started COVID in March and uh, we're still rolling through November. It's similar weather, you know, a little more optimism in March. But now, no, 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 we're heading to the doldrums. And um, frankly, some of these over-under rankings I'm asking you guys for uh, may not actually be too different than life pre-winter weather. But I think I think COVID gets a little heightened here. Um, and I'm curious to hear whether these things are over, under, or appropriately rated. Um, we're going to you, Eli, first. Uh, going days without leaving the house. Is that over, under, or properly rated? I think it's overrated. And I'm saying that kind of in a plea to myself to leave the house more because I'm perfectly content with it. But big picture, you take a step back, zoom out a bit, and you realize it's probably not good for your physical and mental health. So I'll say it's overrated, even though personally, I'm kind of content with it. I appreciate that. Appreciate that. Helping yourself psychologically. Um, Icy, throwing it over to you. Stockpiling toilet paper. Overrated. There's no need to do that. There's tons of toilet paper. Don't be a hog and uh, keep it all for yourself. So only take what you need. I got two words for you guys. Beach towels. Beach towels. Think about it. <laughs> Icy's only got one role in his home at all times because he's looking out for the people. Yeah, re- reusable. Reusable <laughs> wipes. He's a environmental guy. Um, back to you, Eli. Finding ways to work out in your house. That's underrated. Or maybe rated because I think a lot of people have been doing that. If, if that's something you're into and something you want to do, you can find ways. There's a lot of mats, so many online workout videos for free on YouTube where you can sign up for classes. If you need equipment, that's a different story. That can make it tough. But just with your body, your space, I think you can actually make some workout stuff happen. And I think people have been making that happen. So I'll say rated. Optimistic. A lot of good vibes coming for you today. Uh, Icy, throwing it back. Reflecting on why you live in a cold climate. Uh, that is underrated. It's always good to reflect on life and your decisions in life. And when I reflect on living in Minnesota, it brings joy to my heart. And I hope it does for you two living in Chicago, because I do love some snow and I do love a little bit of cold weather. I think it helps you live longer. Wow. I, I need to look at the science of that That's one. a strong take at the end there. I like that. Eli, over your way, calculating the costs slash risks of vacationing somewhere warm. That's probably rated. It's good to calculate the costs and the risks, and it's good to think about moving somewhere else if that's something you're interested in. So each of the pieces you mentioned are individually and collectively rated. Okay. And then finishing us up, Mr. Icy, going days without wearing real clothes. Is that over, under, or appropriately rated? Uh, that my friend is underrated. I wear pajamas 18 hours a day now in this pandemic and it's awesome. You have the comfort, the leisure of, of wearing just baggy clothes that no one needs to see you in because you don't need to be on camera anymore. And people are just taking zoom calls like they would phone calls and the picture doesn't even matter. No one even uses the picture video anymore. So Pajamas, 
all day, every day, underrated. Yes, sir. I appreciate that. I feel like uh, I feel like COVID has made us antisocial hermits who uh, have stopped taking care of our physical well-being. But you guys both provided a lot of mental health, healthiness. And I think that's what's going to carry us through. So thank you for your time. Certainly a light at the end of the tunnel, whether you're driving an SUV in Chicago or a Prius in Minnesota. Mm. And if you're not driving either of those things, you're not in the right tunnel. You're on the George Washington Bridge. Oh, my God. Am I going the right way? So stop listening to our podcast and focus up because you got here? pretty lost. Jesus, the tolls are insane in New York. Thanks, as always, for listening. We had a great time. We appreciate you making it this far and throwing us your support, throwing us your time, your energy, that that we feed off that. We eat that for breakfast. Ah! Nom, 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 nom. We'll be back next week with an exciting guest and a whole lot of more takes and banter. So we'll miss you and we'll see you next week. Pop lock and drop it. See you next week. You guys aren't bingers? I'm a bing bonger. Wow. You're a real bing bong if you're still binging. So I'm the only one on Ask Jeeves. Oh, dude, I used to be on that, but then it asked Max and it got weird. <laughs>